everyone, Rowan Odom here. We're pleased to showcase Dark Dice, a free horror actual play podcast. Chills and thrills await in this creepy campaign, brought to life with a fully original soundtrack. Follow the heroes as they try to survive the exhaustion, stress, and cold in Domain of the Nameless God, the show's first season. Each new season will follow a new story and cast, including a mix of first-time players and folks you might recognize, like Jeff Goldblum, Lily Pichu, and Jasper William Cartwright. Combat is edited to be condensed and enjoyable, while still playing true to the dice rolls. Every terrifying monster feels like it's actually in the room with you. Dark Dice is available for free however you listen to podcasts, or at darkdice.com. So ask yourself, do you seek him? This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. Wasting Company Time presents Tell No Tales Episode 15 Keep Learning
Audio Diary of Leo Quinn, Assistant to Frank Williamson, Director of Better Place. Yesterday was a complete write-off. We were both so exhausted after the cemetery that we got basically nothing done for our official jobs or otherwise. I think Riley must have gotten roughly the same amount done in the workday as a normal human person, and I just relied on the phone ringing loud enough to wake me up in time to answer it. Riley's doing some digging into the removal of Mr. Whitley today, though. They're gonna figure out if an official case was logged, and if not, where the order to go remove him came from. In the meantime, they sent me a new case file to look into. Not one of theirs, but they said they saw another team leader working on it and thought I might like it. I don't know if they sent it to keep me off their back, or just to try and keep me from my own anxiety, but either way, I'm grateful for it. Case JT number 2236. Category 2, Case Status Active. Reported via email by a Dr. Mako McLaughlin, a lecturer in 18th century literature at City University of London. Initial report. Dear Eliza, thanks so much for getting in touch so quickly. When the university said they'd send an inquiry about costs, I assumed it would be a much longer process. You've asked for my account of the haunting, but I'm not sure what the university has told you, so I suppose I'll just start from the beginning. I believe the spirit belongs to a former student of mine, a Ms. Layla Owens. She passed a few years ago, toward the end of her master's year. She really loved it here. It's amazing the attachment some students can have after less than a full year studying here. The friendships you form, the intensity of the course, it all has a lasting impression. Layla was a great student. She told me she'd had some mental health issues in the past. She graduated from her bachelor's with a good enough grade, but she confided in me that she struggled through most of it. She took a few years out before she did her master's and she really found her stride here. She was the first to speak in seminars, always contributing something to the discussion. Fast friends with her course mates, excellent marks in her assignments. She told me once that even just a semester in, she was already having the happiest year of her life. She died the following summer, during the drafting of her dissertation. There were no lectures during that time, but I was her dissertation supervisor, so we were still in touch. It was sudden. A car crash, I believe. She was mourned by everyone. She was so well-loved. But time passed. The next cohort of students arrived. Only myself and the other staff from the English department who had taught her remembered her. By the time it started, though, most had forgotten her. Sure, if you mentioned her by name to some of the other lecturers, they'd remember her after a moment. Her death had been big news at the time, but she had confided in me more than most for some reason, and I think I still grieved for a young woman who'd had so much ahead of her. So I thought of her immediately when my seminar room began to feel strange. At first, I noticed students begin to shiver during seminars, just small shudders that became more common. I felt it too. Goosebumps, regardless of the temperature. And after another few years, it progressed. Students would find their laptops 
always laptops these days, never textbooks or notepads. They would find their laptops glitching. There are always some classes in which people just won't speak, like drawing blood from a stone. Either nobody's done the reading, or it's a particularly shy cohort. It just happens sometimes. In those instances, they found their laptops giving them hints. Words would appear in their notes, talking points, that kind of thing. Or they would find that the PDFs of the assigned reading would have the relevant lines highlighted. It's kind of sweet, actually. Or it would be if my students weren't quickly learning that they don't always have to do the work. I like having her here with me. She's not a bother, really. I just hate to think of her trapped here for eternity, or however long a ghost would stay around naturally. I'm hoping Better Place can help with that. Please let me know if you need any more information. Thanks again, Dr. Mako McLaughlin. Okay, so I'm going to call the university and ask if I can go into the classroom after teaching hours tonight. It's been working for me so far, just telling them I'm from Better Place, assessing the situation. So hopefully by tonight I'll have one more statement to prove... It's Riley. They confirmed no official case was open for Mr. Whitley. But there's no immediate info on any other leads yet. Huh. Nice. They're going to check the armory's logs to find out which dispatchers took out field equipment and when, and then check it against the official cases, see if any don't match up. Genius. Will take forever though, especially since we don't know exactly when Mr. Whitley was removed. Just letting them know that they can send some of it my way. Sifting through endless amounts of data is kinda my whole thing. Okay, we're getting somewhere. I'll go call the university, hopefully more later. Right, so... We've been busy. I went to interview Layla Owens at City University last night. Then when I got back, I had to edit the footage. Then I stayed up a bit later working through some of the logs Riley sent me. I haven't asked how they got comprehensive logs of every piece of equipment requested from the armory. I'm not sure it's in my best interests to know, if I'm honest. But, I mean, it's a lot but I think speaking to Layla last night helped, you know? Like, okay, I felt on the verge of something big with Mr. Whitley, but that was never the goal here, right? The goal was to build a case that the spirits we remove should have a right to refuse removal. So speaking to Layla was kind of like a reminder of why I'm doing this. I won't lie, it was already kind of comforting just being back in a university. I don't think it'll come as a surprise to literally anyone who ends up listening to these notes that despite my total lack of common sense, I kind of thrived in an academic setting. But when I had to drop out because of, well, then the workforce happened to me and it all a little bit went downhill from there. So going into the university through the gorgeous little courtyard out front, past the library, past endless lecture halls and computer labs, settling into Mako McLaughlin's empty seminar room. 
It was nice. It was peaceful. The quiet of a university after dark, the bustling of the students pulling all-nighters in the library just far enough away to let the room feel still and calm. But when I felt her presence, the anxiety was almost instinctual. An automatic response to the feeling I still associate with the worst... Yeah, um... I'm working on it. But I didn't have a panic attack. I knew enough about her to know through the immediate impulse to be afraid that she wouldn't hurt me. She just wanted to learn. That I could get behind. I pulled up a chair in the little U-shaped row of desks that seemed designed to facilitate discussion. When I was at uni, I did interplanar physics, which was more lecture-based than anything, and they weren't so big on seminars there, so this setup was new to me. I also pulled out the chair next to me, just in case she was able to sit. You never know, right? And I'll just play the recording back. Hey, Layla, right? Sorry to disturb. Uh... Dr. McLaughlin sent me. Well, no, she sent the people I work for. She's been in touch with Better Place. She's worried about you. She doesn't want you to feel trapped here. Problem is, she wasn't able to ask you to see if that's something that you wanted. But I've got this recorder right here that'll pick up your voice if you're willing to talk to me. If you are... How do you feel about starting with some basic info for the record? Name, date of birth, that kind of thing? Hi. Um, sure, yeah, sorry, it's been a while since anyone but Mako talked to me. Been even longer since I've been able to, you know, <laughs> talk back. So, uh, right, okay, um, I'm Layla Owens, born 19th July, 1989, and I, uh, Died in a car crash when I was 23, while I was studying for my master's in literature here at City. Thanks, Layla. And can you tell me a bit about why you think you came here specifically when your spirit manifested? I mean, I love it here. Loved it. No, no, I love it here. It was like my second chance, you know? I, I didn't do so well in undergrad. Don't get me wrong, I always adored learning and I loved literature. I really thrived off of the discussion. I mean, all the sociological interpretations of literature, how class, race, and gender intersect and influence a text. But as an undergrad, I didn't get the experience I knew I should have because I rarely went to lectures. I rarely even got out of bed. I don't even remember much of it. I had a couple of close friends and we all clung to each other, every one of us just wading through constant debilitating depression. And looking back over those three years, all I remember are just long stretches of the three of us in our flat, in our pajamas, watching anime and taking regular naps. There are flashes, you know, of going out and getting absolutely trashed every now and then and a vivid memory of all-nighters in libraries 
black sludge coffee at 4 a.m. as we crack out a semester's worth of forgotten deadlines in time to just make the one-week extension we'd been given. I do remember those. And you know, I should have loved uni so much, but depression stole that from me. But then here, I thrived. I... I don't know what did it. I mean, I took a couple of years off after uni, got a job, got a new medication. Maybe that helped. Maybe it was the intensity of the course. Missing class just wasn't an option. But either way, I was doing so well. I enjoyed every seminar. I had every assignment done ahead of time. I was on track for a distinction, actually. I still had my dissertation to do, of course, but Mako was my supervisor, and she thought I was in for a really good chance at getting that distinction overall. And look, I know it's stupid to be so attached to a place after less than a year. But it reignited my love of learning, which isn't... It's not a small thing, right? I mean, I was gonna get my PhD try and get into lecturing. It finally felt like my future was going somewhere. Like I might have a future to be excited about. Like I could go to bed and hope that I'd wake up in the morning. Of course, the universe waited until I finally wanted to live to let me die. Can you tell me a little about your afterlife so far? How it's been here for you? It's not so bad. Bit shitty, being dead and all. Like it's... It's actually harder to keep going knowing that nothing will ever really change. You know? Not for me, anyway. I'm not going to graduate. Move to new places, get new jobs, date new people. I'm just going to stay in here, forever, watching other students on the cusp of doing all those things I didn't get to do. But... I do get to keep on doing what I love. I get to keep learning. I even get to kind of participate a bit, which is cool. I sometimes find those kids that are really out of it, like hungover or really burnt out. They just are not engaging at all. And I just prompt them when I can. You know, just a little nudge in the right direction. Also, uh, I'm not depressed anymore. I mean, like... I get sad sometimes, but I'm not like... I don't think I have brain chemistry anymore. In fact, I'm pretty sure I don't have a brain. I'm not so sure how I have emotions and stuff, really. I guess I never really wrap my head around a lot of the science of ghosts back in school. But it's not a bad life. Um, afterlife. <laughs> I'm enjoying it, for now. That's the good thing about literature, is that there's always a new angle. I mean, imagine if I had been stuck in a maths classroom or something, learning the same equation for all eternity. <laughs> that would suck. But hey, a heated debate about Mary Wollstonecraft's feminist writing? That never gets old. If there can still be new takes on it being published, over two centuries later, I don't see the topic being exhausted anytime soon. Okay, so 
I mentioned that Dr. McLaughlin had been in touch with Better Place. Can you tell me what your thoughts are on this? Is removal by Better Place something you consent to? Do I... do I get to consent? I, I, I suppose I didn't think about it like that. I mean, Mako told me she'd called. She talks to me sometimes when there's nobody around. But I didn't even consider that I'd have a choice in it. Like I said, I I don't want to be here for eternity, but I'm... I'd, I'd like to stay for now. I'm not ready to die. I wasn't ready to die. I just... I was for so long. I wanted it all to end so badly, but this feels like... My second, second chance. I don't want to throw it all away just yet. Thanks, Layla. And before I go, is there anything you want me to pass on to anyone still living? Sure. Uh, thank Mako for me, will you? For having my back both before and after. And, uh... I, I don't know if you could, but if you could find my parents, Grace and Mark Owens, and let them know that I'm here and that I'm doing okay, that I love them and miss them, and I want to thank them for helping me through my depression. Also, just, just in case there's any doubt in their minds, I, I didn't want to die. The accident was really just an accident. Thanks, Leo. So, I sent that to Mako already, and she said she's going to cancel the case with Better Place, which feels amazing, right? Like, I'm already helping someone. And Mako's in touch with Layla's parents, so she's going to forward the message on and also get in touch with some of the alumni from Layla's cohort so that some of them can come and visit her. I really feel like I'm making headway here genuinely doing a good thing bit by bit and maybe i hey hey yeah i can talk frank's out i'm recording notes actually let me just put you on speaker okay so do you have the logs to hand uh yeah they're just in my drawer yeah got them here i've been working my way up from the earliest dates like you asked right yeah well i've been working my way down from the most recent dates? Take a look at uh, page 5. The day before we went out to Highgate Cemetery. See that last entry? At about 9pm? Just one person taking out dispatch equipment. Solo? Doesn't match any official case. Nobody should ever be going out on a call alone. Do you see the name? Oh. Oh no. Yep. Well, shit. Exactly. Never thought I'd be catching myself saying this voluntarily. But... I think you might have been right about Julia. I've got a... Can I call you back? I need a minute. Yeah. See you later.
Episode 15 of Tell No Tales, Keep Learning, was written and performed by Leanne Egan. You also heard the voices of Michaela Hook as Layla Owens and Phil Thompson as Riley Matkins. Tell No Tales will be taking a two-week break, but we'll be back to our regular schedule on the 29th of August for the last ten episodes of the season. In the meantime, stick around after the credits for a trailer for Mook's Bad Luck, a non-binary-led audio drama that we love and we think you'll love too. Tell No Tales is distributed by Wasting Company Time Productions under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. Thank you for listening. And remember, the dead don't bite. go wrong in a month. 31 days, 744 hours. Less than that if you have a decent sleep schedule, but I've yet to meet anyone who does, so I'm gonna assume you all to be insomniacs or solar-powered robots until proven otherwise. Does anyone actually leave their house before 8pm anymore? I'm not leaving beforehand to check, so that can remain a mystery for now. I'd argue 8pm is a world-known time to collect energy drinks and any source of caffeine before settling down and pretending to do those papers due last month. But that's beside the point. Talking to the cat doesn't count as therapy, you know. No, but he's a good listener. I don't blame you. It's been a long month. You ready to put an end to it, Micah? As ready as I'll ever be. Then lead the way, mixed bad luck. We've got a curse to stop. What's the worst that could happen? Famous last words, Salem. Famous last words. Hurry up, guys, or I'm leaving without you. Time's up. Let's go before Bailey starts messing with things he shouldn't. What could go wrong in a month? Spoiler alert, the answer's a lot. Like, a lot, a lot. Stream Mixed Bad Luck wherever you listen to podcasts, and join us on our journey to find the good luck amongst the bad.